Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Revelation 14, verse 13. Thank you for joining the family of Leonard Speaker as we remember his life and his faith today. What a blessing it is that you who are staying sheltered at home are able to be a part of this memorial service uh, today. On behalf of all of Leonard's family, I want to express their appreciation for the many acts of kindness that are being done and especially the prayers that are being offered for them. Though there are few that are able to join us in person for this service, there will be a visitation and graveside service at 3 p.m. today at the Bullard Cemetery on FM 344 across from the middle school. Though we urge you to follow the call for social distancing and offer your greetings and encouragement from a safe distance, you are welcome to join the family there today. Leonard Eugene Speaker passed away peacefully on March 19, 2020 at his home at the age of 83. He was born on February 3, 1937 in Muskogee, Oklahoma. His dad worked in the oil field and Leonard started roughnecking when he was 14 years old. His parents moved to Sherman, Texas following the oil field and Leonard graduated from Sherman High School. He attended Paris Junior College on a football scholarship where he made the Junior College All-American team at both center and linebacker positions. From there, he moved on to Sam Houston State University on a football scholarship where he went on to make the all-conference team again as both center and linebacker. After obtaining his bachelor's degree in education, he moved to Cleveland, Texas to take a position as the assistant football coach and science teacher. He met his wife, Betty Sue, on a blind date while living in Cleveland. They were married shortly afterwards and spent a few more years in Cleveland where Leonard went on to be the head football coach and athletic director. They moved to Dickinson, Texas, where they had their two boys, Perry and John, while Leonard worked as the high school football defensive coordinator and teacher while attending night classes to obtain his master's degree. After earning his master's degree in education administration, Leonard and Betty Sue moved to Bullard, Texas in the summer of 1978, where Leonard took the position of high school principal. In 1980, Leonard helped start the football program at Bullard Schools. He went on to be principal at Bullard High School from 1978 to 1992, went into semi-retirement while working as the school counselor at Neches Independent School District, and then returned to Bullard as the high school principal from 2000 to 2005. In his retirement, he played golf, worked around his house, and spent time with his family especially the grandchildren, and we're going to hear about them and from them a little bit later. Leonard touched many lives during his years in the school system and greatly influenced many people who to this day still remember the positive impact he made on their lives. Leonard was a great husband, father, granddad, friend, advisor, and role model. He will be greatly missed but never forgotten. Leonard was preceded in death by his wife, Betty Sue, also his parents, a brother, and a sister. 
He is survived by his two sons, Perry and John, their wives, Mary Ellen and Mandy, as well as the grandchildren, Chesney, Jackson, Andy, and Lily. As Jesus met with his closest disciples the night before he was crucified, he comforted them and he comforts us today with these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted thee with me, love lifted thee with me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. from five children. Did I miss someone earlier? Okay. Wanted to make sure. The grandchildren have uh, written some uh, notes to Papa, and um, they're pretty great, I can tell you. Pretty great. Also in his casket are these notes that they wrote, 
as well as, uh, it seems, some art that came from them as well. And so I'm going to read these notes uh, from the kids, and then I'll read um, a note from Mary Ellen, and then another note from John and from Perry. First from Jackson. Papa, thank you for teaching us to do good things for other people. Thank you for teaching me how to play golf. I always enjoyed hearing your stories about going to Lake Sam Rayburn and crappie fishing with Mama. I want to grow up and be like you because you were a good man. I love you and I'll never forget you, love, Jackson. And then this one from Andy. Dear Papa, thank you for being the best grandfather any girl could ask for. You always thought of others before yourself. I hope you and Mama are having the best time in heaven right now. Although it's sad to see you go, you are in a better place now. I will never forget all of the memories we had made together, such as all of the Christmas and birthday cards you've given us, or the times you would take me to the museum and buy me all of the bubble gum I wanted. Love and miss you. Sincerely, Andy. And now Lily. Papa. You were a great guy. You loved us all. When you were the principal, you cared about everyone. I always liked how you smiled when you saw us. I liked it when you brought us vegetables from your garden. I like how you were always supportive of everything I did. You came to my football and basketball games and my dance recitals. I loved it when you gave me your big hugs. Thank you for mowing my daddy's yard when he was gone to work in the oil field. I'm going to miss you. I'm glad you are in heaven with Mama. I can't wait to see you again in heaven one day. I love you so much, Lily. And from Macy. Dear Papa, I miss you so much. You were one of the nicest men I have ever met. When John told us you had passed away, I was in shock. I couldn't believe you were gone. I never even thought of you dying. Everything is going to be so much different without you. We aren't going to get those sweet birthday cards from you. We aren't going to have lunch together every Sunday after church. You won't be able to come to Grandma's house with us. We won't be able to visit you. And last but definitely not least, we won't be able to talk to the nicest man we ever met. I hope you are doing cartwheels and handstands with Mama in heaven. Sincerely, Macy. And then this one from Chesney. Dear Papa, here's take two. My first was like a thousand pages and Bill wouldn't be able to fit it in all at the same time. So Dad told me to summarize it. I miss you already. I don't know what we are going to do without you here to argue over after church lunch tickets with Dad or to yell at me and Andy for being too loud during your shows. I don't know what we are going to do at restaurants. We are so used to walking in and sitting down because no matter how hard we tried to beat you to wherever we were eating, you would use your magical pawpaw powers and already be there. I don't know what we are going to do without you here to offer to help or fix anything. I don't know what I will do without your big hugs and sweet gifts. I miss you a lot and I'm probably going to miss you a lot more. Although you would tell all of us, go on and don't worry about me. I'm not going to worry about you. I have no question where you are right now. 
You're in heaven, probably dancing around with Mama on two perfectly working knees. I don't wish you were back on earth, though, because where you are is so much better. I love you, Papa. Big hugs and kisses. Chesney. And that's this note from Mary Ellen. Leonard, oh, how I wish I could hug your neck or see your blinds open one more time. Who will call me when a strange vehicle is at the gate or I leave the garage open? Who will I get to share beans with when Perry is gone to work? I will miss seeing you work in your yard in your buggy. I will miss seeing the vegetables you grew neatly washed and placed on our counter when I got home from work. You were a man of few words, but we always knew you loved us by your actions and how you were at all the kids' events to support them. You are a godly man who took care of your family and loved us all no matter what, and for that I am grateful. I am a better person because of the love from you and Betty Sue. With great love, Mary Ellen. And now comments from John and Perry. First, these words from John. Hundreds of people knew Leonard Speaker, the principal. Only a small group got to know Leonard Speaker, the man. Dad was always a man of faith. He recalled that even when he was a kid, he would walk to the church closest to his house on Sunday mornings because that is where he knew he needed to be. Dad grew up a worker. It was instilled in him by his father at a very young age. He broke out in the oil field under his dad at 14 years old. Working hard is just how you did things. Those values were passed on to Perry and I as we were growing up, ensuring we knew we could have whatever we were willing to work hard for. He passed on that getting something for nothing was never the path to take. You always pay your way and you leave everywhere you go a better place than it was when you arrived. Growing up with Leonard as dad, we got to see the side of him very few other folks saw the dad that taught us to play golf at a very young age, the dad that spent countless patient hours helping us learn the game and teaching us to enjoy every minute of it, the dad that showed love and compassion when we were hurt or feeling down, the dad that was there every time we needed him, even when we were in trouble, the dad that was a strong disciplinarian but always sat us down afterward and with love explained why we were in trouble and why it would matter in the future for us not to make those mistakes. He stressed to us almost daily that family is what mattered, that no matter how much we fought, we always stick together, and that in tough times we are always there for each other, no matter what. One thing that was always a constant with Dad was Mom. All my life, I never questioned if Dad and Mom loved each other. They were like everyone else. They had arguments, and they irritated each other, but there was never a question if they loved each other. They stood by each other's sides through some very tough times. They were always there for each other's families as well. I never heard either of them say your family or my family. It was just family. After mom passed, dad continued to take care of his mother-in-law, Lillian Wilhite, just as if she was his own mother because to him, she was. He would drive three hours to visit her regularly and help her keep her affairs in order. It was just what you do for family. 
When grandkids came along, we got to see a whole different side of Dad again. He became Papa. He loved the grandkids with all his heart. Nothing made him happier than to see those kids. He tried to attend everything he could for them and was very proud of who they were. He would talk about them as if they were celebrities because to him they were. Just Wednesday, he was talking to me about how proud he was of who his grandkids were becoming. How he was impressed with the morals and the character they were building as they were becoming young adults. Like any grandparent, the, grandpa- the grandkids got away with more at Papa's than we did as kids, but not much more. He was still Leonard. We would ask him, would you have let us get away with that? He would always say, no, but you're not my grandbaby, with a big smile. I could write thousands of stories about who Dad was and what he stood for. Everyone who knew him probably has several they could tell. But when it comes down to it, Leonard Speaker was a loyal Christian, a devoted husband, a very loving father, a mentor to any who would listen and some who wouldn't, and an extremely proud papa. I love you, Dad. You will always be where I go to for advice and for the what should I do moments. You are the best role model a son son could have to follow. I would be very happy if I became half the man you are. I'm very happy you and Mom have each other again. I know that you will watch over us, but Perry, Mary Ellen, Mandy, and I will take care of the family from here. Love you, Pop. John. And then these words from Perry. John and I are who we are today due to the values Dad and Mom taught us. I love both of them deeply, but today is about celebrating Dad's life. I've come to believe that a person's life is not measured by the numbers of, number of days they live on this planet, but by how many people's lives they've touched and affected in a positive way. By this measurement, Dad's life was absolutely amazing. He taught John and I things like can't, never could, and it's, my, it's just mind over matter, son. Work ethic isn't just about doing a good job. It's about always pushing yourself to do a better job every day. That taking care of other people's needs is more gratifying than taking care of your own, especially when it comes to family. He was a man that cared more about others than himself. There are so many examples of this, but I'd like to share with you a few of my favorites. Dad, the toughest man I've ever known, lived in a house with rose-colored wallpaper, rose-patterned couches and comforters, flowers, and trinkets galore. The yard had enough bird baths in it that every bird in East Texas knew where to find water in a drought, and those birds found it by hearing the dozen or so wind chimes that hung in the trees and off the back porch. At Christmas, he'd be outside for two days, putting up lights, large herds of lighted reindeer, which, by the way, he disliked with a passion, and hanging decorative Christmas wreaths on the doors. Other than a John Wayne clock hanging in the den and actually seeing Dad working outside, you wouldn't know that a man lived at that house. And why was it like that? Because that's what Mom wanted and loved. So that's the way it was going to be, and still is. To this day. Dad spent hours upon hours at the school, not just during the school days, but at nights and on weekends overseeing school athletic events, band events, UIL events, and so much more. He traveled to out-of-town games and events Bullard ISD was involved in. 
During the summers, he ensured the school was repaired, cleaned, and organized for the upcoming school year. And then he writes, side note, if you ever need any help pulling staples out of carpets, scraping gum out from under desks, or need some football bleachers scrubbed, John and I are experts. Why did Dad do all this? To support his students, ensure their safety, and ensure that they can enjoy themselves while being proud of their school. Dad enforced the rules, no two ways about it. At the school, no one was above the rules. He called your parents if you were absent. If no one answered, he was likely to drive to your house at some point that day to see if you were where you were supposed to be. He was in the halls between classes and would walk the halls during class to make sure everyone was doing what they were supposed to do. At lunch, he sat at the top of the cafeteria so he could see and control everything that was going on. Rarely was there a fight, because if there was, he'd be breaking it up in a few seconds, and then you were in more trouble than a cat in a room full of dogs. The worst thing you could do was give a teacher or a faculty member grief. That's when you had a face-to-face lesson on respect, following the rules, and the consequences you had brought upon yourself, all while you were getting his infamous look. A lot of times he'd tell you, come on, you're better than that, or you need to take responsibility for your actions. A lot of kids thought he was just mean, but what he was teaching all of us was self-discipline, respect for one another, fairness, and that no one person was better than the other. And why did he go out of his way to do all that? Because he loved us and wanted us to be good people. Then there are the grandkids. The man John and I grew up with disappeared into thin air. Don't get me wrong, he took good care of us, but he wasn't a pushover either. I remember going to the store with Dad as a kid and him telling us, you don't need that or you already got something like that. If we started to make a mess, he would tell us to clean it up right then. Or if we got a little loud, you'd hear, quiet down, you weren't raised in a barn. Grandkids came along and all of a sudden it seemed there were toy shopping sprees along with candy and cookie conventions regularly being held in Papa's house. I know a lot of you think that was all mom, but he was just as guilty. He'd say things like, well, I know they just got one, but they needed another one. When the grandkids all got together at his house, the playroom at times would look like a toy factory exploded and sound like you were attending a rock concert. John and I'd get on to them to clean up and quiet down. Dad would say, they're just kids. Let them have a little fun. When John and I asked him if he would have let us get away with that when we were kids, he'd say with a big smile, probably not, but y'all are my sons. They're my grandbabies. He attended everything he possibly could that the grandkids were involved in. Baseball games, soccer events, dance recitals, flag football, school award ceremonies, grandparents' day at their schools. He always made time to talk to them one-on-one and tell them how proud he was of them. They couldn't leave until he gave them a big hug and told them how much he loved them. Last example. Most years, we take the grandkids to their great-grandmothers in Belton, Texas, for the 4th of July parade. One of our relatives owns a house on Main Street that the parade passes by. Parade always started at 10 a.m. Dad would load up all the lawn chairs for the entire family and drive to that house by 7 a.m. He'd put all our lawn chairs out in the yard and sit there in the heat for two or three hours waiting for us to arrive. Why? Because he wanted all of us to have seats in the shade 
and where the grandkids could easily see and enjoy all of the parade. God forbid if someone else tried to move the chairs or squeeze in in front of us. Nope, wasn't happening. I could go on and on about this man and how he always put other people's needs ahead of his. Family was everything to him, and he would do and sacrifice whatever it took to keep us all safe and happy. He was the role model for can't never could, and it's just mind over matter. There was absolutely nothing this man could not face or accomplish when he set his mind to it. Leonard Speaker was truly a man amongst men, hands down the greatest man I'll ever know. Don't worry about us, Dad. We all got this because you showed us exactly how to do it. The amazing legacy you have left all of us is one rarely seen in this world. We all love you, Leonard Speaker, Dad, and Papa. Always have and always will. Enjoy your much-deserved reward, because you earned it like no other. Tell Mom we miss her and love her. I know she has missed you and been patiently waiting to tell you what to do again. Love you forever. From the entire Speaker family, Bullard ISD, and the community of Bullard, Texas.
salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Few passages in scripture or even outside of scripture comfort us in times of loss like the Psalms. The Psalm is a book of songs, but also a book of prayer that expresses great joy in the good days and the good times, but also great joy because of the presence of God, even during the struggles. And Leonard lived with that sense of joy, with that sense of assurance that comes from being close to God and from being close to Jesus Christ as Lord. A lot of times in a memorial service we'll read or quote Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, which says this, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. And that's certainly the reality that we all live with, that we will die once and that one day we will come before God 
and judgment. And so it is an appropriate scripture to read at a moment like this. But as I've been reflecting on that scripture, I, I realize that that's not the whole story. I think we know that, but there's more to that story. And so when you take a look at the book of Hebrews, in the broader context, it's a book that's talking about how wonderful Jesus is because of what he came and did for us, because of how much he loved us. That Jesus is better than anything else, anything that came before him. That the new covenant is better than the old, that the new promises are better. The new high priest is better, the new sacrifice is better. And so we take a look at that ninth chapter of Hebrews and maybe read a little bit more. First of all, starting in Hebrews 9, verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. And then skipping down to Hebrews 9, verse 24. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. It was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once. And after that, to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. I think that's the kind of faith and assurance that your dad and your papa lived with all his life. That assurance that says, because Jesus came and died once for all, for our sins, that death no longer is something to be afraid of. And that we look with assurance upon that time in standing before God because our Jesus will speak in our behalf because he gave his life for us. And so Leonard lived his life with that assurance and with that hope and with that promise. It's the promise that Paul longs for and looks forward to. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he writes, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. 
because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or or bad. Our confidence doesn't come because of the good things we've done or the bad things that we've not done. Our confidence and our assurance comes from the fact that Jesus came once for all and sacrificed himself for our sins and guarantees us that forgiveness if we will come to trust in him. If we will live by faith. And that's how your dad that's how your papa lived. He lived by faith. But he no longer has to live by faith. Because like Paul, he has experienced what he longed for in this passage. That time when faith will become sight. For us who are left behind, we live by faith. For your dad, for your papa, faith has been realized And he is able to see the Lord, his true glory. In fact, Paul says we would prefer to be away from this body and be around that throne and finally be at home in the presence of the Lord. That's where Leonard is now. This is the consistent hope and obedient faith with which Leonard Speaker lived his life. This is the source of the love and service and example that he gave to his family and to his students and to all others his life has touched. And this is the reason we know today that our brother Leonard's death is not a goodbye. Rather, through Jesus Christ, it is a confident, see you in a while. The wise man in Ecclesiastes writes this, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we don't fear that time. We look forward to it. We anticipate it. Leonard Speaker looked forward to that time. When he could rejoin his wife. When he could rejoin the saints of old. When he could be in the presence of the God that he loved so dearly. Before we close with a prayer and then another great hymn of faith and hope, these words from the Apostle Paul, as he expresses just before his own death, the assurance he shared with our brother Leonard and the desire they both have for all of us today. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, 
but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. They will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. so very thankful for your presence, even today, even today as we mourn the loss of Leonard Speaker. Father, we pray for those who are especially hurting at this hour, for Perry and for John, for their families, for his close friends, for all of those, Father, who looked at this man as a wonderful example and model of the Christian faith, of a person who lives to serve you and who lives to help and to serve others. We're thankful, Father, for the example that he was to those that he has left behind, for the great example he was of what it meant to to love someone, of the great example he was of a father and a papa. And so, Lord, we, we pray for this family today, and we ask your Holy Spirit to bless them and to be a presence with them. And Father, we pray for the many that will miss him, that will miss uh, their friend, and we ask that you would bless him. Father, thank you for the, the great impact he had on so many through his life, through his work with the school's through just his desire, Father, to, to be a servant of Jesus Christ. 
to help others live better lives by looking to his example. Father, we remember the words of the Apostle Paul as he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And certainly that's how our brother Leonard lived his life. And so we pray, Father, that the heritage of faith that he has left behind, that we will remember, that especially this family will remember, and that they will, Father, take up that role of being examples and models for one another of what it means to love and to trust you and to love others and to serve and love their neighbor. So, Father, bless them today and in the days and nights ahead that they will feel a special blessing, a special measure of your comfort and of your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.